What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. The Braves are one win away from the World Series Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports, wackiest hijinks, and analysis. Presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going pretty well. This has been a very baseball-centered week for me, as I'm sure it has been for you as well. And we're sitting here. This is rare for us. We're doing a show. It is Friday afternoon that, you know, in the back of my head last night, I was hoping. I was like, hey, maybe this is going to be uh, the Braves are going to the World Series show. But it's not, Graham. It's uh, the Braves are up 3-2 over the L.A. Dodgers show. And we're coming back home. And we need to win one out of two. And everyone's starting to clench up a little bit, Graham. The... Uh, Atlanta sports fans are getting a little nervous, even though on paper, last week, if I had told you we were up 3-2 on the Dodgers coming back to Atlanta, you'd probably feel good about it. But it's just like the way these games have panned out is what has made it a little bit scary, and it's just all too similar to last year. So in a rambling sort of way, Graham, that's how I'm doing. How are you? I'm about on the same page. I'm... uh... I'm having a lot of PTSD from last year. It feels like this series is eerily similar in some respects, even though in others it's very different, such as the first two games, being able to come back against the Dodgers in both those games was huge. Um, you know, being able to take care of uh, Bueller the way we did, even though we didn't win that game, was nice to see. Uh, Urias, we destroyed him, which was brilliant. Uh, it's, it's just been an odd series, you know, Everyone thought that the Dodgers were going to win that that bullpen game uh, that we had to throw when they were throwing out Urias and we, we kicked his ass. And then vice versa last night, Max Fried toast the rubber to give us a chance to go to the World Series. And they're doing a bullpen game and they kick our ass. Um, Chris Taylor is apparently the best player in baseball, according to TBS now, with his three home runs. Um, it's been a strange series. Uh, it's been a little it's been different, I think, than than last year, even though the results have been exactly the same in terms of who's won which game, if you compare it to last season. On, on the Chris Taylor thing, Graham, I, I actually, I wouldn't say he's the best player in the world, but I've, I've marked two Dodgers that I would love to be a Brave, and Chris Taylor is one of them. Oh, yeah, you love to have him. I just think TBS was ridiculous oh, they, last they, night. They've been, been ridiculous the whole like, series. I've never seen a broadcast just so blatantly cheer for one team or the other. I mean, I guess it probably happens a lot, but it's just infuriating. And kudos to Frank Hoare for not punching Ron Darling in the face yet. Yeah, he's he's trying to keep things in check over there a little bit. Well, he's and being professional. He's yeah, doing his job. I mean, job. the same thing happened last year with Joe Buck and the Dodgers and the and the when Fox did the NLCS. I mean, it's just this, this pro-Dodgers stuff, which I don't understand. They're such a Goliath, such an uh, overinflated franchise. Um, I mean, you respect the hell out of them because they have a lot of money and they, they contend every year, but it's just like, it's just on-air fellatio. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense, too, because it's like, you know, Braves country is wide and vast, Graham. Like, there are a ton of Braves fans, and I feel like we are more, we're definitely louder, we're more passionate, we've been more loyal. We, we get one o'clock game on a Monday, we're there. The Dodgers couldn't get there for 2 p.m., on a Tuesday for them this past week. And that, that stadium looked like Turner field back in 2003. Like, it's not like we're some tiny, tiny market. Like I get it. We're not LA, but you know, LA has got so much other shit going on. Like 
there's not that many passionate Dodgers fans. You've seen who's sitting behind home plate. They're checking their phone the whole time. You know, probably $10,000 tickets. They're not the loyal fans. And I just don't understand the love fest with the Dodgers, Graham. Yeah, it's weird. And I think there are plenty of passionate Dodgers fans, but I, I agree in spirit of what you're saying. It nope, is, nope. Uh, we're, we're, we're better fans, Graham. We are better fans. Okay. That's brass tacks to it. And even if we are better fans, Adam, let's let's get into a little bit. We're not going to do a whole recap of the series, but I think it's fair to mention the things that have gone well and the things that haven't. Um, Eddie Rosario, for one, has been the LCS MVP, at least for the Braves side. Uh, two four-hit games, including the game winner in game two, which I was very lucky to go to that game. Um, I had two more hits last night, I think. Um, just absolutely unreal performance. He's always been a streaky player. Um, and he's done well since coming over to the Braves. Obviously, this is this is taking it to another level. Um, I mean, he almost hit for the cycle instead of a, of a double, though. He got two home runs instead. Um, describe what you're feeling about Eddie Rosario right now. He has been just so rock solid. And it's like either stepping in for Solaire, hitting leadoff, he's been great. But I also loved him batting fifth and driving in those runs in game that was game four, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's been talked about so much how he was just a, he was essentially a salary dump by the Indians. Like, obviously, we did send them Pablo Sandoval, and, you know, they just cut our former mascot within an hour of uh, the trade. And Rosario's been a godsend. Alex Anthopoulos just really needs to be looked at for executive of the year after all the injuries we've dealt with this year. And just to add the bulk that he did. And then you see with like Solaire going on the COVID list, no problem. We got Rosario to step in. And uh, who knows if he's even playing all those games if Solaire is healthy. And he's, you know, he's, he's really carried us for a couple games here when some yeah. other guys were struggling. And you can say the thing, same thing about Jock Peterson. Uh, his success has continued over to this LCS as well, who probably wouldn't have gotten the same opportunities if Solaire had, had been healthy. Um, hit a huge home run, obviously, in, in game two. Got a big single in uh, game four. And he's uh, been a steadying presence up there for sure. And his swagger is just unmatched. Um, I could I could see that pissing off a lot of people if you're not a Braves fan, but you got to love it if you are. Oh, yeah, I hated him last year. Oh, yeah, public he's enemy just, number one. He's just so clutch. It's like you know, he, he's an okay player. Like he's an average baseball player. If you look at his numbers, like during the season, he's got, he's always had pretty bad splits against lefties and righties, but it's like, as soon as October hits, like he just, he's like, okay, I'm going to be one of the best players in the league right now. Yeah. It just and comes alive. Yeah. It's, so it's great to have, that's the difference in this year and last year is that we do have, we've got two Mr. Octobers and him and Charlie Morton lined up to go game seven if we need him. So yeah. that, that's what that's what still gives me confidence is that we've got a couple of those big name guys now. And we have actual starters lined up to start six and seven, unlike what we had going on last year. Well, you know, even though you say that, Adam, the, the thing that's been disappointing for me in this series has been the starting pitching. Um, Max Fried did a decent job in game one, but he wiggled out of a lot of jams. Um, Charlie Morton gutted through five innings, but he wasn't exactly efficient and it could have been a hell of a lot worse if the Dodgers could have taken advantage of that bases loaded scenario. 
And then Ian Anderson looked like dog shit in, in game two. I'm just going to be honest, just sitting there watching him, no confidence in his pitches, almost gave up a two-run homer to Chris Taylor, which would have made it a 4 nothing deficit, and that could have decided the damn game. Um, I don't have – I have confidence in – and obviously Max Fried just shit the bed last night. I have a lot of confidence in Charlie Morton going forward just because of his pedigree. But um, I don't have a ton of confidence in Ian Anderson right now, the way he's pitching. He seems like he's nibbling a lot, leaving pitches over the middle of the plate, or just walking guys. Um, his fastball is not on. His changeup, which is normally so good, isn't great. Um, he's just he's not getting a lot of swings and misses um, on that pitch like he used to. And even though he still has a sterling postseason um, ERA and whip and all that stuff, I'm just not he, – he's scaring me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked pretty good as recently as the last series against the Brewers, though. So all you can do is believe, Graham, at this point. Like, this is where we want to be. Like, absolutely with Freed pitching last night, and that one didn't work out. But, you know, at least we're lined up now with a rested bullpen. The bullpen has been absolutely unbelievable. And it, it's, it is funny how it's like regular season, starters were great, bullpen was the big concern, and now the bullpen has picked up the starters big time and – it is the starter's turn. If it's Ian or Charlie, I hope Ian – like if Ian can just gut us through five innings tomorrow with a fully rested bullpen now after not using any of those arms yesterday and with the off day, that's all we're asking for. Yeah, you feel good about your chances if you can get that, particularly with the Dodgers now down Justin Turner. I don't think – you know, A.J. Pollock has been hot this series. You know, they got all their offense last night from Pollock and uh, Taylor, and I don't think you can – expect that going forward like chris taylor hitting three home runs again isn't going to happen you know it's like um seager turner mookie they're not doing you know it's such a bizarre series i I don't know what to expect but i I will say i don't think chris taylor's going to have like a damn you know three home run game again so yeah Yeah, if we can get into a position where we can you know limit the damage early and, and give our bullpen a chance to win the game and with that clutch late inning heroics that this team has had, um, and Freddie Freeman coming alive after that horrendous start to Game One and Two, you got to you got to feel decent about our chances here. I think it's still going to be a battle, but you you like the fact that they're coming to our turf. They have not played well on our turf all season. They've only won one game. They're counting the regular season, and the postseason. You got to feel hopeful that the Braves can actually exercise some demons here, not just for them, but for the entire city. And on paper, certainly does look a little scary with Scherzer and Bueller being lined up to start their six and seven. But like, we've hit Scherzer when he's healthy. And after his last start, where he only went, what, like three and two thirds or something, he's complaining about a dead arm. That doesn't sound like something where he's just going to roll out of bed five days later and be able to throw eight shutout innings, in my eyes. I wouldn't count against him, though. You know, he's one of the best. So, I mean, I hear you. But I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he did have a great performance. Sure, yeah. You, you never know. A, a big name like that, that, that's what they brought him in for. But dead arm, I, I'd be pretty concerned right now if I were a Dodgers fan. Um, I, I know they're, they're confident as hell. They're all just saying, oh, last, this is exactly the same as last year. We're going to close it out, put it on the board. But we're, we're, we're not going to go down that week. Like this Braves team, the players on this team, they don't care about – what past teams have done. They don't care about fans like us being nervous as hell and not enjoying the games because we're just waiting for the blow-up to happen. That's not their concern. A different person steps up every day, and 
I just got to believe, Graham, I got to believe that someone's going to do it over these next two games. What do you think is going on with uh, Austin Riley right now? Just had a couple bad games, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about him. He had the walk-off hit in game one of this series. Yeah, and had a huge hit in game two. It's been interesting how he and Freddie, if he and Freddie can have a good game at the same time, that would just be really nice. <laughs> because it's crazy. We won game one and two without Freddie Freeman. He might as well not have played. Yeah, that, that it's wild. It's wild that that happened. And then you got idiots like me saying Freeman is, what did I say? You Freddie said he's broken. broken. I was sending very mean texts back in response to that. You don't see Freddie strike out seven times in eight at-bats. And like on meatball pitches, it was just very strange. Oh, yeah, it was it was odd, but you, can't, you can never say Freddie's broken. And he, he proved that he's not. He's, he's had a huge series uh, in L.A. at least. Yeah, so I, I agree. If if both Freddie and Austin can have it going at home, I, th- I think Solaire is going to be back in this lineup. Personally, well, Snicker went on the record saying he's going to be on the bench um, for for the rest of the series. That's what he said. He, that's what I saw on Twitter. It says he's going to be on the bench. Um, I don't. I can't remember if it was clear if it was going to be the rest of the series or just for excuse me, game five. But I think maybe his mindset is it's just like don't screw with what's working. But at the same time. But then you got to ask yourself: You put Soler in, then who gets benched? Is it Rosario or or Jock? And I, w- I don't want to bench either one of those guys. Obviously not Rosario. No. I would think Jock at this point. Adam yeah. Duvall actually got going a little bit in LA as well. He did. And his his defense and center like it's that, too valuable. Yeah, like that robbing that home run was just unbelievable. And he's got a cannon of an arm. Early in that game last night, he almost threw out someone at third. So you, you've got to have Duvall out there. Yeah. Um, um, Adam, it could have easily been a sweep if we had won game three and we were in position to do so until the eighth inning went tits up. Tell me about your perspective on the Luke Jackson scenario. Well, for that game, I was watching that game by myself and I was doing, I was doing a lot of texting, you know, just loving life at that point. 5-2, it felt so easy too. Like once I believe Matzik pitched the seventh, just shut it down life is great. And then it just unraveled so quickly, you know, it was with Luke, like it was a bloop. I think one, the second single was kind of hard hit, but I mean, that Bellinger home run, you could feel it coming just because I know Bellinger has been down this year, but we've just seen him do that to us in the past. But I, I'm not that upset at Luke, like Luke, I'm not upset at all at Luke. Luke has been our best reliever the entire year he's been so solid and that wasn't a bad pitch as Luke said in his post game like when he threw it like he was trying to throw a high fastball and that was actually higher than he intended it to be and Bellinger just made like a freak swing to knock that out like I, I can't remember what the percentage of those balls that ever get hit for like his home runs but it's extremely low extremely low so like you can't be that upset at Luke yes would would we have liked him to throw the slider after setting him up with the fastball? In hindsight, yes. But he said he would have thrown the same pitch. And, you know, I believe Darno and Luke Jackson know more than us sitting on our couch at home about how to call a game. So it is what it is, Graham. It sucked. It was brutal. But, you know, that's why coming back and winning that bullpen game was just huge, absolutely huge to uh, keep us in this thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Luke. I mean, it was it, it was one of those things where it's like what, six inches 
above the zone and it's like at Dellinger's chin. I mean, the fact that he normally on a pitch like that, you're either missing it or you're popping it up, you know, weak contact. So I'm not going to sit here and crucify Luke in the moment. Yes. would have loved the slider. That's why I thought they were going to go to, but it wasn't a bad pitch. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get upset at, at Luke Jackson on that one. Like it's seemingly the rest of Twitter did. Um, so we got Anderson Scherzer, uh, and then potentially Bueller and Morton. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think we have a better chance of winning that game seven because I think we see Walker Bueller really well. And I feel like if we get to that scenario, I have a, I have a better feeling about that game because I think I like the, I like our starter more. And I like our success against Bueller more, even though we've had success against Scherzer. I don't know. What the hell do I know? It's ridiculous for me to even talk about it. Like whatever happens, happens at this point. And every game you feel bad about or good about the matchups on paper, it's been going the opposite way. Yeah, like I felt so. like shit going to game two. Like when we went, I was like, all right, we're going to get a split and go to L.A. and hopefully we can win one there, come back to Atlanta. And, you know, I've, I've been totally wrong in terms of when I thought the Braves would win or lose. So I don't know what the hell is going to happen. This has been such a wild and unpredictable series. Even the way the Braves won the first two games, it was like struck out 14 times. He walked nine guys. Um, the Dodgers were like two for 30 or, you know, collectively over those two games were like two or three for 30 or 18 or, you know, some horrible percentage in terms of runners and scoring position. It's been truly, truly bizarre. You cannot predict what's going to happen night to night. It's a fool's errand to make any more predictions at this point. Yeah, and like watching these games so far, nothing about watching the Dodgers has made me feel like they're some ridiculous powerhouse. That they're they're not as deep as out. they were. Like, yeah, they put up eleven runs last night, but that was against most of those were against Dylan Lee and uh, Jacob Webb. Who cares? Like, they're they're getting all stoked about like home runs that didn't mean anything. So I'm not concerned about that. I'm 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 happy that Snit recognized early enough that it was not our game rested the big arms and you know I, I think we have the talent to match this team and we're at home let's get it done don't talk to me about some curse that doesn't exist anymore because we've won series at this point so it doesn't matter this is our time Graham as I said last year you never know when you're going to get back here and we need to take advantage of this shit I want to go to the world series Graham and we got two chances to get it done this is a unique opportunity this weekend Enjoy being a Braves fan. Enjoy these games and just appreciate what we're witnessing. There's, what, 20, 26 other teams that would love to be in our situation right now. But we're here, Graham. Let's get it done. Amen. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, Adam, I think let's let's transition to a team we've, we've neglected over the last few weeks, and that is your Atlanta Hawks, who opened the season last night against the Dallas Mavericks and absolutely throttled them. What a joy that game was. Were you so I, I was at Brew House watching the Braves game, so I, I didn't. I watched all the recaps. Were you able to watch any of that one live? I missed it as well. I was I was doubting on the Braves. I even forgot the game was on because I was so like into the Braves game. And then I was like, I was just you know once the Braves were down like six to two or whatever, I was like, let me check what else is going on in the world. And I was like, oh yeah, the Hawks, sweet Jesus. And I saw the scores like one thirteen eighty seven. I was like, oh my god. Uh, beautiful. And then you check the stat line, you watch the recaps, and um, I watched a pretty in-depth recap this morning. And it just seemed like every single thing that the Hawks did worked last night. Great performances, multiple double-doubles. You got 
I think 13 and 12 from Clint Capella, 19 and 14 from Trey. Cam Reddish led the team with 20 points. Um, and you just saw, you know, you just saw like a continuation from last year, except that people were healthy. Bogdanovich was making three pointers. Ball movement was very fluid. There are even some lobs. There's a great lob from John Collins. It was like Trey dribbled up the, the court, passed to John Collins. Capella, they do the little pick and roll together with Collins and Capella, and, and Collins lobbed it to Capella. It just seemed like the team was unstoppable. And, and, and DeLon Wright was phenomenal as a backup point guard. Um, Gorgiai Ding was impressive, hit a three, hit a bunch of jumpers, got some rebounds, intimidating presence in the post as the backup center. This team is so much deeper now. And, and DeAndre Hunter shut down, absolutely shut down Luka Doncic. Only 17 points. Um, I loved what I saw, and I, I, I regret not watching it in person. Yeah, like... Seeing Hunter out there, like that's certainly like the what if factor of what if we had him in the playoffs last year? Are we defending champions right now? And I believe that's the case because when Hunter was the primary defender on a shooter, the Mavs were one of 13 shooting, and Doncic specifically was one of nine. Yes, beautiful. Like he, he's so good. And, and then you, you deal with that for the first eight to 10 minutes of the game, and then the second unit comes in five like a complete like hockey line swap and you get cam radish on you all of a sudden like it's it's gonna be tough pickings for hawks opponents out there like if we can play defense like that all year with like you said six hawks and double figures dangs right behind them at nine um like that is beautiful that is team basketball i squawked about it last year all the time about how like I don't care about Steph Curry putting up 50 points and no one else is in double figures. I want a team that plays as a team, Graham, and that's what we got. It's beautiful. Yeah, and, and Trey was a little inefficient offensively, especially early on, but he was dishing the rock, and he wound up with 19 at the end of the day, hit a couple of really nice three-pointers, and not only did DeAndre Hunter play excellent defense, he was creating his own shot multiple. Then he had three jumpers that he just took and created over his defender, um, I feel like the fate of the Hawks rests on his knee. If he's able to stay healthy, this is a this is a championship caliber basketball team. And I know it's easy to say that after you know the overreact you know overreacting after one game, but you look at how much deeper we are. I'm not even going to overreact to Cam Reddish yet because I need to see that consistently from him. Um, but I think, like you were saying, if DeAndre Hunter's healthy and Trey Young doesn't hurt his foot and whatever that was, game five or six against Milwaukee. We, we, we could have won the damn thing. And if those guys can stay healthy this year, which I know is a big ask, and there's a lot of things that could happen in a, in a long NBA season, you got to feel supremely confident in this Hawks team. I want to take on the best of the West right now. I want to face the Bucks. I want it all. Like, give it to me. Um, I, I, was, I was absolutely pumped looking at this game and seeing how this team could you know, function. And you just look at Nate McMillan also being able to incorporate this, these new players that showed up like, right. Like dang hell, Lou Williams didn't even play. Um, and we were still kicking ass. Gallinari was also out and Gallinari didn't even play. And, and we looked like we were ready to get the damn Larry O'Brien trophy. And I read a great story on the athletic Chris Kirshner, uh, yesterday where it was like John Collins, you know, who's, been cited as the emotional leader the heart the heart of the hawks team from a uh, emotional standpoint saying like we want this trophy anything else is unacceptable i'm paraphrasing here but that's pretty much what he said and he's like i know 
you know, if like Cam can take off, if DeAndre stays healthy, we are we are going to get that fucking thing. And I was like, all right, John. And then you see that performance last night, and you're like, I believe him. I believe him. I think you know this is the best chance the Hawks have had maybe ever to try and get a championship. They're just so ridiculously deep that like, there's going to be injuries this year. We know that's going to happen, but they have so many bodies to cover it. Like we still have the two rookies, Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper. Like they're not, they were in mop up duty last night, but both of those guys have a lot of talent. Jalen Johnson comes in firing, hits his first ever shot for a three. So we have the depth to cover injuries at this point. And it's just, it's a thing of, and the, just the way that we've retained all the contracts this off season, we got Capella re-upped, Collins re-upped, Trey re-upped. And then just this past week, Kevin Herter got a, four-year, $65 million deal, which is a huge piece to lock up in my eyes. So oh, yeah. it's it's an unbelievable job by the Schlenk to assemble this team, and everyone is on board with staying. Some guys definitely took less money than they could have gotten on the open market, specifically Collins and Herder. But, you know, they, they see what we got, and they want to continue to be a part of it. Yeah, it's a really, really exciting time. Um if you're a Hawks fan, I mean, this this could be a season for the ages. And last year already was, but now <laughs> now you're seeing it at the beginning of the year, you know, what, what this what this team is capable of. I don't even think we've seen it. I mean, we could, you know, like you said, Gallinari comes back. That, that strengthens your, your whoever plays on the wing or at the four. Um, I, I'm absolutely in love with all the offseason moves Schlenk made, the acquisitions of Dang. DeLon Wright, all the extensions. Um, hats off to the guy. He continued, and the draft picks look great so far. I, mean, I know it's only one game into the year, but you know, summer league they were lighting it up. They have it seems like they have a lot of potential. So, I mean, it's full steam ahead for this this organization. All right, Adam, it's time to have a little break here and listen to a nice little ad from our friends from DraftKings, our our podcast network, the Pigskin Podcast Network, has officially partnered with DraftKings and are offering all you potential new DraftKings users. A hell of an offer to join up with DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you in turn win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. It's that simple. So if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, there's still a ton of stuff to do on DraftKings. Um, and everyone can play for huge cash prizes. They have every sport you can possibly think of, even things that you might not consider a sport they have, such as eSports, MMA, golf, basketball, baseball, NFL, um, college football, college basketball is coming up soon. Um like I said, pretty much any sport you can think of. If you think you know anything about that and like to win some money, DraftKings gives you the opportunity to do that. It's a lot of fun. I played DraftKings for like seven or eight years. Always have a good time there. Um, and it's a fun way to really invest in your passion for sports if you think you can make some money off it. So, so if you feel like you can, then by all means, go for it. And you have a great opportunity with this offer to do so. All right. In order to get this deal, you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you could win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win, baby, with promo code T 
TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Question mark? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Adam. Now, let's turn our attention to the Falcons, who have been sort of out of the limelight given their bye week and all the excitement that's been going on with the Braves over the last uh, week and a half or so. Yeah, not, not to mention the bye week. Is that what you just said? I did. Okay, you, you covered the bye week then. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't play last week, Graham. That's way too early in the season to not play. I didn't like it at all. I don't like it either. I like a bye week that comes like week nine, week ten, you know. You probably got a lot more injuries. People can rest up. The grind of the season hasn't really hit you yet. Bye week after week five is a little a little shady to me. I don't like it. I mean, the good news is that we did have a couple injuries we were dealing with where um, well, Calvin Ridley had his personal issue. He did not disclose what it was. All we know that it wasn't like he has a passport, so it wasn't a passport reason why he couldn't get to London. So we'll never know. That's fine. Doesn't really matter. We won the game. He's back. And uh, Russell Gage is expected to play as well this week, returning from that ankle injury. When we play, Graham, the Miami Dolphins. At home, right? Correct. Yeah. So Miami, the team who just uh, gave Urban Meyer and the Jaguars their first win of the season in London. They don't get the bye week after playing in London. So on paper, this is a very winnable game for us, Graham. Oh, yeah. We have a chance to get back to 500. The Dolphins uh, did get Tua Tagliavella back from injury last week. He did have a good game, 329 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and he completed 70% of his passes. And they do have a good tight end, Mike Jacecki, who has done really well for them. He had 115 yards receiving last uh, last uh, last game and has had a good year over, overall. And Jalen Waddle's also really been good for them, uh, 37 catches, and two touchdowns so far. But I'm not exactly concerned with any of that because the Dolphins' defense is extremely porous. They rank 29th, uh, giving up yards to running backs. They're one of the worst uh, passing defenses in the league as well. Matt Ryan's looking a lot more comfortable in the passing game. Um, did a hell of a job last week, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show. And um, Kyle Pitts has come alive. Hopefully Calvin really can come alive. We know Corderell Patterson's our bell cow everything. He's our best <laughs> our best offensive player right now in terms of skill positions. Who, who saw that coming? Um, so I'm not really too concerned with the Dolphins. I'm not going to say un, don't underestimate them, even though I guess I am. But you have to like the Falcons' chances. And for the first time all year, Adam, the Falcons are favored to win a football game by Las Vegas. Wow. That's very exciting. I, I know that Caleb McGarry is not supposed to play this week, which is a little – little concerning we'll have because that offensive line was kind of getting it going the last couple weeks so we'll have we'll have some change there but beyond that we should be ready to rock Graham this would be certainly a very very disappointing loss if the Falcons can't get it done yeah it really would be it really be a kick in the nads um we need to take advantage of of this opportunity get back to 500 and then see what happens the rest of the way it's a very very winnable football game and also, Adam, everyone's least favorite quarterback, Matt Ryan, is now eighth place all-time in passing uh, and has thrown for 57,099 yards in his career. I guess he must really suck. Yeah. I, I hate 
Atlanta sports Twitter. I love it, but I hate it at the same time, Graham. Yeah, it's a love-hate relationship, Adam. I mean, Atlanta sports has probably taken 20 years off my life expectancy, but I love it at the end of the day. And, you know, it's okay to be critical. You know, it's okay to say that, you know, I, I disagree with that. Why did we do that? Um, you know, the Freddie Gonzalez, I'm putting Craig Kimberlin in, in 2013 in game four in the eighth inning. He should have done that. Yeah, we can say it was a bad move by Freddie. However, you can't say like, you know, you shouldn't say at least like, you know, he's, you know, I hate him. I want him to die. All this crazy stuff that you see on Twitter all the time. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. Like, get a freaking life, man. If you're going to have that attitude, just don't just don't engage. Yeah, sure. Like, we're going to suffer. Like, Saturday is going to be excruciating to watch. But you're going to be in it, watching it with, uh, you know, all your brothers and sisters that have been lifelong Atlanta fans. And, uh, you know, it could be an amazing moment. It could just be brutal that we'll be talking about for years and years and years and years and years, like not putting in Kimbrel. So it is what it is. But, yeah, don't get out if you're just miserable the whole time. Like, we don't need you. We don't want you, Graham. Exactly. We could be miserable enough just by watching the game on the field. Yes. That's where, that's where you know, true misery usually comes from. You don't need extra misery. No. And, Adam, I think that wraps up this Atlanta Zone episode, unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I think that, that pretty, we were pretty clear and concise with uh, what, what we wanted to get across today. And oh, the, the only thing I wanted to add, Graham, Drew Smiley. How about that? Uh, oh, yeah. Really good effort from Drew Smiley. What, he pitched three innings? Um, yep. I thought Snicker could have taken him out a little sooner. And I really hope we don't see Chris Martin for the rest of the series. Um, both his appearances I've not been impressed by. Um, but yeah, overall, Drew Smiley was a huge reason why we won game four. Oh, and Will Smith, six scoreless innings so far in the playoffs. Yeah, he's been he's been lights out. And and Matzik has also been lights out. Matzik is an, an unstoppable freight train. Oh, he, yeah, Matzik's been unbelievable. And I expect Luke Jackson, his next appearance, you know he's going to pitch again for all those people that call him Puke Jackson and hate him. Um, he's going to pitch again, and I expect him to be back in top form. Yeah, it was a great call to not pitch on the very next night, though, when we were in the exact same scenario in the eighth inning. Good good call by Snit to go with uh, Matzik there. And, uh, yes, yeah, Snicker's been doing pretty well this series. Yeah, and, and having the, the gumption to leave Minter in was also big. Leave Minter in, he pu- pulled Anderson. He wouldn't have done that a couple years ago. So, Yeah, you can't really fault his his bullpen management too much. Yeah, he's definitely out managing Dave Roberts right now. He's Dave Roberts is overthinking things like crazy. Yeah. Him putting yeah. Urias in game two, I was like, this is going to bite them in the ass. Total. That's why I said when I was in my seat, I was like, we're, if, the, if we have a ch- we have a chance now. Like this is just oh, yeah. this this is our time if we're going to make a move. That was sweet, man. That was sweet. Oh yeah, that was the loudest I've ever heard. Truist Park. That's the last thing I'll say. Mm. The uh, walk off. And the yeah. Austin Riley hit, like it made the Acuna Grand Slam seem like um, I don't know. There was like eight people at a junior varsity basketball game. Wow! Like I thought I was going to go deaf. Yeah, it was. We're in, it's going to be. It's going to be ridiculous this weekend there. Yeah, everybody who's going needs to continue to cheer and go. Like it's. I think it really helps. Like we need to have that home field advantage. Like the the, the fans aren't as important as the players, but they can certainly help them. Uh, exponentially 
All right, Adam, it's our last episode before we know what happens in the 2021 NLCS. We hope you guys are doing well out there. Thank you for listening. As always, we will see you next week with hopefully a very, very nice series recap show. Either way, we'll see you there. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.